0: Hello Canucks fans and welcome to Game Over Vancouver on a night where the Vancouver Canucks were defeated by the LA Kings 3-0 to in LA. Now this was the Canucks penultimate, penultimate game. That's right. It's not their final, next to final game of the season. It was their next to next to final game of the season. That's a long way of saying they have two more games left. But we are going to break down, somehow, try and make a whole show out of tonight's game. Actually, what we're going to do is we're going to do three segments. We are going to do the first segment, a quick segment about tonight's game. Then spend a second segment talking about, I think, some of the more important topics that have come up for the Canucks over the past week. And then finally, for my third segment, you guys know how much I love to get into Q&A. So before I introduce my... My guest that I'm so thrilled to have with me, and I think most of you know who it is already, I want to do a quick ad read, I want to do a quick introduction to the show, and then we'll get right into it. So welcome once again, this is Game Over Vancouver. My name is Clay Emo, I'm Knut Clay here on YouTube and on Twitter. You can follow me, subscribe, whatever you want to do, but more importantly, subscribe to this channel, SDPN, Steve Dangle Podcast Network. Like this video as we get started. I've never We've never had a couple dozen people waiting. I know like Audie and the crew, the Calgary crew, because they got eliminated from the playoffs today. They had like 100 people in their stream. We might not get to there, but we're going to be thrilled with whoever we got tonight because we're going to talk about our hockey team, our much beloved Vancouver Canucks. So subscribe to SDPN, like the video, and we cover here on on SDPN, we cover all seven Canadian cities. So let's get to the, the sponsor read, and then I'll get to introducing... My next guest, my first guest, my only guest, get in on the action and make your bet with sports interaction. Every hit, every shot, every goal from all your favorite teams and your favorite players. And, you know, you can even bet on games like tonight. I think it would be an easy bet tonight. With competitive odds, the best live in play and more ways than ever to get into the game. Like Minute Madness, our exclusive game with so many opportunities to win by the minute. Download the app in Ontario or use the QR code you see at the bottom of the screen or head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn to get started. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Okay, right, friends. Usually on Monday night, me and my guest, we have our own show called Canucks After Dark. And we hemmed and hawed, well, I'm supposed to do this show and we're supposed to do that show. So we thought we would bring a bit of Canucks After Dark flavor to this wonderful show here, Game Over Vancouver. So he's been on this show a couple times on Game Over. And I'm thrilled to have him. He's my usual running mate. On Monday night, please welcome from Canucks After Dark, Mr. Parker's Pucks. Parker, welcome.
1: Hello, good to be here once again.
0: A little strange, I know. You usually run the controls, so and it's usually flawless. So I can already tell you, I, I'm going to basically guarantee at least two, or three tech mistakes tonight. Is that okay?
1: Yeah, this is basically a night off for me. I get to sit back, relax, uh, enjoy the enjoy, you know, just just sitting here and talking about a, another Vancouver Canucks lost. Uh Did the Canucks win any time that I've been on this yet? Maybe. Um,
0: are you over three now?
1: I think I'm over three. Um, well, maybe which is pretty fitting. This is the year to do it. I think. This is the year. Yeah, to do it. let's get them out of the way. Get the losses out, get out of the to, way.
0: We're gonna get to that for sure, uh, Parker. Before we get started, can you tell everyone where people can follow you on social and on YouTube?
1: Sure, yeah, you can find me on YouTube at Parker's Pucks. Just search Parker's Pucks, youtube.com slash Parker's Pucks, and on Twitter at the same thing. Um, And, of course, Canucks After Dark, um, which is more apt. Go there first, uh, because we are there every Monday night, except this Monday.
0: Yes, so thank you, Parker, for joining me. I actually, uh, I kind of joked around. It wasn't a tough decision. We we support each other, support each other's endeavors. So I'm happy that Parker said yes to this. So then I didn't have to beg off of this one because I beg off of so many other ones. So, Parker, we'll get into the specifics of this game, but your impressions overall of, of this game. We'll, we'll talk about bigger picture stuff in a few minutes. Your impressions of this game, if any. Yeah,
1: it was kind of a, you know, I think it was only the second time the Canucks have been shut out all year um right the Canucks you know of all the woes they've had scoring has not been one right you look at you look at you go by the goals for especially you know Western Conference wise goals for Canucks aren't that far out of it right they're like sixth in the West and goals for the problem has always been allowing goals um they allow three tonight don't score any um just the first period was atrocious that's the big takeaway from this game it was uh it was a real snoozer to start but uh did pick up some feistiness at least a little bit of a little bit of life and the canucks get a loss which again probably a good thing uh at this point but um you know not the most exciting game uh especially this late on a monday
0: yeah exactly it's the the latest start so it's the only game going at this time so that that's a good thing might help with our audience and my, uh, one of my wonderful co-hosts, another host of Canucks After Dark, Kaya, is in the chat. Hello, Kaya. Hello to everyone in the chat. Thanks for being here. And Kaya confirmed, yes, we are indeed confirmed in the bottom 11. So we do have a shot at the lottery. We're going to talk about that in a, in a few minutes, actually. Parker, uh, not much. You, you're right. Not much to talk about in the first period. It was a snoozer. At least we uh, surpassed our goal total from the last time we played in LA, basically in the first period. And then... Second period, you're right. There was some, there's a, there's some fights. There are some hits. There are some big, big ones. And then uh, Kaliev is the only one, a bit of a, I wouldn't say a strange goal. It was strange from the fact that no one knew it went in, but uh, a quick shot from a rebound from the slot, right through Adelia, right to the back of the net and back out. That's why no one knew except for the ref who just happened to be right there.
1: Yeah. He was on it. eh? that ref was quick. He pointed because you saw on the, on the live shot, you're like, oh, he's pointing that everyone reacts. The ref's pointing the whole way around the net. He saw it. uh, Frame one. Um. Yeah. No. It was uh, a good goal. Uh, real scrambly in front. Uh, Canucks had a real habit of not getting the puck out of their zone tonight. Um. You know, a pretty simple, pretty simple play that they teach you at all levels of hockey. Right. If you don't have a play, just glassing out. Canucks had a lot of trouble with that. A few times getting hemmed in, uh, and that was one of them that they uh, they got burned on.
0: That's really strange too. I remember Shorthouse and and uh and Cheech making a comment late. Like the Canucks have done really good at keeping the Kings to the outside. And then right after that, <laughs> it just flipped on a dive.
1: Yeah. Again, you can keep them to the outside all you want, but you know, the, the problem wasn't the, the two goals that they allowed at, yeah. you know, other than the empty netter, sure. you know, it's the 20 shots that they had themselves. It's, it's having basically no pressure in the offensive zone, except for they had that one really good shift where they kept the Kings out there for about two minutes, got a full wholesale change in the middle of it. And that was really the only time you felt that the Canucks might do something. Power plays weren't feeling very, you know, exciting. Yep. Again, Kings are doing a good job keeping the Canucks to the outside on those. Um, you know, you have a game you, at all strengths, nine high danger chances aside, 24 total scoring chances aside. That's pretty low um, yep. for, for what we expect, um, you yep. know, from a from a, a Team as offensively talented as the Canucks are.
0: Speaking of power plays, you mentioned that Parker, I'm sure you noticed, as I did, that Beauvillier took Kuzmenko's spot. Was it Beauvillier? No, Gigi Seppi took Kuzme yep. on PP two. What PP uh, one? what do you think of that? And obviously this is a spillover from Saturday night's third-period benching of Kuzmenko.
1: Yeah, and he did, I don't think he got all of the PP one time. If you look at time on ice, you have Besser, Miller, Patterson all at 317. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have uh di giuseppe at two minutes of yeah. of power play this time so a good chunk of the game honestly he looked fine i i think phil di giuseppe had a really good hockey game tonight he was he was pretty tenacious he was on pucks he was winning battles um really you know at this point of the season it's when the guys deeper in the lineup need to sort of show up right i've liked niels amon's game quite a bit lately as i've always made clear um i'm a little biased and then you have you know phil di giuseppe knowing that you know he's He's fighting for a spot. He, this is this is training camp of 2023-24 right now yeah. for guys like him. So um, you know, it's good to see him get seventeen minutes of ice time. One of the high minute guys up front, probably top six, looks like yes. based on sort of a quick scan of the numbers. Um, you know, a full minute more than Kuzmenko. Um, yeah, it, it's good for him.
0: Yeah, and we know how much talk it loves DiGiuseppe and Dakota Joshua, the two guys whose names he never pronounces correctly, but that's okay. That's for another show. By the way, producer Drew also in the chat. It's like all these people, Parker, it's like they saw our show notes. We are going to talk about Horvat. Yes, we are going to talk about next captain producer Drew asked that and we are going to talk about lottery odds in the second segment. So hang tight. Thanks everyone for being here. So a goal in the third period. Now this was—I made one tweet this entire game, uh, uh, Parker, and it was about Myers. And I basically saw it. said Myers has an uncanny uncanny ability to make a mistake and then compound it with another one. This is the one where I don't know, man. It's—I—I'm not going to make any uh, make fun of how tall he is, or he's—he's he's smart, he's a good player, blah blah blah. But he—he he makes a lot of slow decisions, I guess, and then he compounds those, so he loses the puck. And then he chases a guy the wrong way, which we always see. He makes a two-on-two become a two-on-one all the time. And then Gavrikov scores, uh, beats. Uh, I think it was Niels Mott into the middle and puts it past Delya. What do you think when you saw that sequence?
1: Yeah, it was pretty rough, right? You have Myers sort of go for the stick lift. Uh, puck is on his stick. Like I, I'm at a freeze frame right now on the, on the replay that he has to just flip it right, and he he duffs it. He just sort of stabs at it it goes right to uh right to a king's player they sort of turn it into a two-on-two myers goes for the next guy misses that as well and then yeah the trailer comes through and and that's on the centerman right that is on him on to, to pick that guy up unless was he on he actually wasn't on the ice before it was no a he bad jumped change. on yeah. yeah so i i'm not going to give him on too much trouble on that right it was a slow change uh, from the guys coming back um but yeah meyer just sort of took his guy to the side and it's it's a tough look you just sort of see him watching it even though i i don't think the end portion of the goals really his fault. um but yeah it's uh it's a bad look and as always you're, you're just so positive uh, on twitter uh <laughs> it's the the rare <laughs> the rare shot uh that you're taking instead
0: yeah then you know i was really upset and then uh, drew Doughty. we're, we're not going to blame anyone it, it was an empty net goal a nice 200-foot goal from Doughty. and then the final score is three nothing Parker, I was looking at the stats. Here's an anomaly for you. 11, I know you're looking at it as well. 11 of the 12 forwards were minus one. I don't think I've ever seen this. So only Kratsov was a even, but no one was minus two. Everyone got a dash tonight.
1: Yeah. Uh, which is, it's amazing. How does that even happen, right? How do you have one guy who wasn't out for a goal against, seemingly? Um, yeah. I'm, I'm actually confused as to how you have well, actually, 11 minuses when there's know. only...
0: Because they had uh they had uh empty um they had empty net so they had four forwards on
1: uh, okay because I was gonna say the math doesn't really work you should only have oh, five forwards you should on. only have three, minus nine I guess they might have five forwards and Hughes out yep 3-3-5. Three, three, um,
0: you got it you got
1: it okay that makes sense then uh, so no one out for more than one goal against except Ethan Bear tonight yeah. Yeah, <laughs> poor yeah. guy um I think Ethan Baird played fine um yeah. to be honest but a uh, good night at least you know a positive storyline Colin Dealy, it continues to be impressive Um yeah. You know he's up. You know again his stats aren't great. Right, he had an eight eighty one this year, but I I think he's fit in pretty well the last uh, last couple of games he's played, taking some load off of that. Demko, Thatcher doesn't solve anything tonight, right? Yeah. Um. That's uh. That is a pure lack of scoring.
0: Parker, do you bring Delia back to battle with Martin, who's not, he has one more year left, and Demko? Obviously he's gonna be the starter. So do you bring Delia back? To battle the Martin, presuming Sea is gonna be our our for goalie. Or do you bring a veteran cheap veteran in to do that? But isn't that what Colin Delia is already? Like what would you do?
1: Yeah, I mean you look at the you look at where the Canucks are at, right? Um they are at a point where if they want to make the playoffs next year, uh and they're and you're gonna have a guy playing, let's say, twenty five games uh as a goalie next year, yeah, you can't afford eight eighty or eight ninety or whatever it ends up being. You just can't, right? Because you—that is going to cause. I mean, you look at Colin Delia. He, somehow he is an eight eighty-one, and he's won nine out of sixteen starts. That's great, good for him. That's not going to be the norm, right? You're going to have a guy who's at eight eighty, and he's going to start twenty-five games, and he's going to lose fifteen of them, right? That's mm-hmm. going to put you in the hole that now Thatcher Demko has to dig you out of. I think they need to find. Another, I mean, they've tried over and over again, right? Holpi, Halak, and now Delia. It's been a bunch of misses. Uh, Spencer Martin looked fantastic in limited time last year. Didn't pan out this year. I feel like you have to have a backup goalie who's going to put up, you know, a nine hundred. Now league average save percentage dove to like nine hundred five this year, so that's not you know nine hundred be really good. But you have to have like a good backup goalie because you're going to need to steal a few points. Um, and then I think you can cut bait with one of Delia or Martin and have the other sort of split time with Seelovs yeah,
0: yep. And then our new goalie, whose name I can't pronounce. I think you can, but Tolo something. Topo. I only, I it. only when it's in front of me. Okay. <laughs> I don't remember um, it. <laughs> I love, I love the chat. People are, are reminiscing that Tyler Myers. Yes. Did win the Calder trophy back in 2009, 2010 his rookie season. Obviously as a, that, that's what the Calder trophy goes to the rookie of the year. Uh, two other last questions about this game and then we'll move on. Uh, Kaya wants to know what you thought about the Sheldon dries fight. There are two fights. I oh,
1: was a heck of a scrap that was a great like honestly that was that was a textbook fight um i think you know short even said looked like the 70s just rights flying um yeah it was one of those ones where they shouldn't have he shouldn't have to fight the refs did the right thing they gave the extra two to the kings uh good hit guy got mad they went after it uh good scrap no one was hurt it was textbook
0: it was uh it was great on sheldon drives and did you see that Miller's sneaky uh, switch? Yeah, he, he was punching with his right. He was holding with the left, and then he just kind of grabbed with the right and did a quick left. That was pretty good, actually. It was. It was some good. Uh, it was some good moves. He's,
1: he's no Adesanya after this last weekend, but <laughs> very good. Um, Miller did look uh, did yeah. look pretty pretty good in that fight. Now, keep in mind, you're you're down a goal in the second period. Uh, you don't want to be trading off JT Miller in a fight. No right sure. you want someone else to be going in there and but at least if you were going to put Miller in there he better win it and he did um obviously it it didn't help uh, yeah. enough but um <laughs> you know good on him for showing some some passion i mean he's always been passionate but i think JT Miller's on a bit of a redemption tour uh, especially mm-hmm. after the whole Bo Horvat thing um and i think this uh only does good for him on the PR front
0: great final question about the game parker your impressions of the two recent NCAA signings on D Akito Hirose and Cole McCord
1: um I nothing but positive really right I mean I always say you know and most people say about NCAA signings right you're getting guys with pretty low ceilings guys who are you know already 22 years old usually Um, however sometimes they work right mm-hmm. sometimes they work and then they don't right you look at a guy like you know how hyped up jimmy vc was for example right <laughs> and he was like the the peak of ncaa undrafted free or you know free agent he was drafted but comes in looks really good and then just ends up being a third fourth liner forever right yeah yep. Yeah. That's likely going to be the case with the best ones that you get. However, you get enough of them and you get, you know, that that incremental upgrade. You know, what I've been saying and sort of throughout the trade deadline, we talked about this a lot, where all you need to do to build a good hockey team is to keep making a bunch of good moves, slight incremental upgrades. You make enough slight incremental upgrades, your team gets better. You get more points. You can throw that all away really easily with one big bad move which we've also talked about, however, getting guys like Hirose, who looks so poised, right? Like that's, that is his identifying factor. And you even notice it just from tonight, like just so many, so many times where he's got, you know, a a pro NHL player who's been playing for 10 years, for example, coming down on him and he just (laughs) takes his time, takes a step back, steps up to the side, makes a pass and moves on. Um, very impressed by that. McWard seems to have some confidence as well. He made a nice move at the blue line at one point. Uh, yes. Got a nice shot off. Yeah. Um, honestly, for both of them, you know, who knows a year, two years down the line if they're holding NHL roster spots. But for now, um, yeah, no negative things to say
0: about either of them. Love what you say, uh, Parker. Love the poise. And we're not proclaiming that Hiroshi and McWard are gonna replace O.E.L. Myers next season, although they would be about thirteen million dollars cheaper. But we will see, um, yeah. If if they both start in Abbotsford and then one of them ha- happens to be the first call up or first couple of call ups, I, I, that's a good thing. And you, like exactly what you said right at the start of that answer with NCA, it's a it's a low uh, low risk move, and um, you never know what you're going to hit on. And maybe they've hit on a couple guys here for sure. So let's do this, Parker. That was a good recap of a pretty nondescript game, but we did a pretty good job. We got somehow got 16 minutes out of that. So we will move on to our second segment now. We'll take a quick pause for two seconds so I can insert an ad read later. But really, uh, thanks everyone for being here once again. There's almost 50 of you in here, which is awesome. Let's get those likes up. You guys know I love that 50% quota. So let's get those likes up a little bit. But thank you for being here. And once again, we thank Parker for joining me. We'll take a two-second pause right now. Parker, I want to talk about three storylines that have kind of swept the the Vancouver media and, and, and fan base. And it's kind of cool because I have not talked to you about any of these. So we're going to go pretty raw, pretty unbridled, and if we end up agreeing on everything, it might not be for the best show, but if we end up disagreeing, we'll see what happens. Uh, we're going to start with the big one. <laughs> even though Bo Horvat tried to put it to rest today, I want to just know your thoughts on the whole Bo Horvat. Uh, it's a lot better than Vancouver. I'll tell you that for free. I, I, I'll i just say this. I'd even know, I've never heard that saying before. I'll, I'll tell you that for free, but I love it. Uh, obviously, it just an uh, em- emphasis of his point. More importantly, what how did you take that? Did you think it was funny? I'll just let you go for a couple of minutes. What'd you think about it?
1: Yeah, um my my initial reaction, so I see that pop up and I see one tweet about it, then immediately I see like six more people like quote tweet it. And I'm thinking my initial thought is like, Huh, is this at like my first reaction, I didn't watch the video at first. I just saw the yeah. tweet. He's like, Oh, a lot better than Vancouver, that's for sure. I'm like, ah, whatever. Like, yeah, they're winning, that's fine. And then I see a lot of people like start to to talk about it, and then I actually watch it and I'm like, huh, yeah, he they, they asked about the fans, and he said the fans are a lot better. And I'm looking at him like, my first reaction was, well, hmm, why are the fans miserable? Could it be that the team is awful? Right. Uh, and then I'm also looking at it, and I'm just like, you know, we everyone longs so much for some personality out of hockey players. And Bo Horvat is as like, sterile as they come when it comes to <laughs> hockey personalities, right? Like, he is as just plain white bread, like, basic hockey player that is, you know, doesn't say anything provocative to get a little bit of that. You know, there was a little bit of spice in there was fantastic until he walked it back. I think walking it back was the worst thing he could have done. Cause now it's just boring, right? It's like, okay, well you didn't even mean what you said. You, you lose the, you know, there's a bit of a heel turn of like, yeah, you know, I, you know, I didn't even like it there anyways. I'm going <laughs> to the playoffs baby, which he might not be. Um, and I like that. I I think it's fun. And like, yeah, you know, Horvat was a good player while he was here. He was great in the bubble. He was, you know, scored a bunch of goals this year and, and basically helped the Canucks get a good return for him, which they then got rid of. Um, and you know, to go back and, and to do a little heel turn and, and to, to basically throw some shade back. I think it's fun. You know, I don't know Bo Horvath. I'm not friends with Bo Horvath. I don't care if he doesn't like the fan base. I don't think he doesn't like them. I mean, he walked it back himself. But like, yeah, let let you know. Let's let's make it interesting. Let's have a little bit of a little bit of fire in there.
0: And and Kaya loves your uh, description of plain white bread. <laughs> Am I wrong? No, not at all. I, I like it too. And just just so we're clear, and and so Parker, I have. A- couple of thoughts too, which I haven't shared with you actually in person yet. So the question was, how does this rank for you in playoff pushes? The excitement of this building and the fans involvement over the last couple of games. And then he said, it's been unbelievable. It's a lot better than Vancouver. I'll tell you that for free. So really quickly, Parker, I was at the game on Saturday night. As you know, I was watching the Canucks uh, further hurt the Flames playoff chances. And then I saw this, you know, ha- uh, I saw this happen and everyone's starting to tweet about it. T- and then when I saw, to me, um, I knew it was going to be a very, very polarizing thing. And I, I think I might be in the minority here in that I actually, right from the get-go, I thought it was funny. I, I even, and I know Horvat was my favorite player when he was on the Canucks, but I tried to be unbiased. But to me, I, I really zoned in on the fact that I thought he was just talking about the atmosphere, the, the fact that he's in a playoff push. He only made the playoffs twice when he was here in eight years, one in his rookie season and then one in the bubble against, no uh, in front of no fans. So, and I know I was in the minority because I had people coming at me after my vlogged about it, after, after I tweeted about it. And then those same people were obviously then uh, we were, were calling up both for walking it back. Not, you didn't call them out, but you, you kind of noticed that, you know, how it, it actually made it maybe better or worse, whatever it may be. So I think my bigger, my bigger takeaway is this, is this market is so crazy, man. We know this cause we, we are content creators and we vlog, we, we get together every Monday night to talk about this team. Every single thing that happens about a Canuck, ex-Canuck, that affects the Canucks, it just sets up this crazy firestorm. And we saw it again on a on a game where we were, on a night we were playing our fourth final game of the season, uh, mean nothing for us. And yet this was the story for three days. I, I'm kind of not surprised. Neither am I. It, people take things personally.
1: Uh, I, this, this market's very good at, at, you know, getting heated about things that, don't matter that much, which is fair when the hockey team doesn't matter that much. Right. Uh, like if, good point. if the, if the Canucks had, you know, 101 points and we're, we're prepping for a first round match against the Kraken, right. We'd be like, Oh, go do whatever you want, Bo. Like you're barely in the playoffs anyways, let's go. Right. We're diet. Like who cares about that stuff? But the team is bad. The team has been bad. People are already frustrated every time they hear the Canucks they're on Twitter. So they're miserable anyways. You know, it's, everyone's just going to be upset. They're going to be upset. You're going to get heated about every little thing that that comes through. And I've sort of learned to just like, eh, like treat things that are, you know, just treat things as fun and funny, right? right? It's fun to have a rivalry. It's fun to have people to dislike, right? You know, especially because then if you get the opportunity to go beat them, then you can make a thing out of it. Mm-hmm. Um and sure, you know, like Horvat was one of the captains. He was supposed to be one of like, you know, Canucks ring of honor guy through and through if he stayed here his entire career, but that's over, right? The, mm-hmm. the Canucks moved on for him. It was the right move at the time. And Horvat has, Horvat has the right to be salty about that. People have the right to be salty, about his response, I'm just not going to be one of them.
0: Right. So I, I well, you kind of just add to my next question. Does it change for you at all? Uh, how you are going to react when Horvat makes his first visit here with the Islanders?
1: no i and i don't think i don't think the fan base will either yeah right i I don't i think there's no world unless he unless he piles back on right like let's say let's say they do make the playoffs they win let's say they win the first round and he's like oh thank god i'm not in vancouver (laughs) right like (laughs) like, those guys are golfing right like if he said something like that it's like all right now people are gonna react right people are gonna there's gonna be some fire when he comes back But no, the way it is right now, like it's gonna be, you know, he's gonna get the whole standing ovation. It's gonna be a big thing. He'll get the two minute video tribute during commercial. It's it's there's gonna be no impact on on how this affects things. You know, it's gonna be forgotten um, by next November when the Islanders come here,
0: and they move. Yeah, as you know, they're in a in a battle for their playoff lives after losing today. Um yeah. five to two to Washington Washington double whammy actually really good for the Canucks, which we'll get to in a second. But yeah, yeah, they are tied with Florida with 90. Sorry, uh Florida has 92 points, Islanders have 91, Pittsburgh has 90, but Pittsburgh has one uh two one more game to play, two games as opposed to one. So they have a yeah. game in hand on both those teams. So it's still up in the air as opposed to the Western Conference, which is pretty much settled today. Well, while well, Calgary's out, Nashville still with an outside chance of catching Winnipeg. Well, we'll get to that in a second. Second question I have. So, Parker, Saturday night was the last home game. Yeah, I'm sure you've seen or you heard that Quinn Hughes addressed the, the fans for 30 seconds after on behalf of the team. He said he found out the day before, didn't think it was a big deal. So, you and I have debated, uh, not debated, we've kind of tossed this around. We were both leaning Elias Pettersson. And then I know for me, I'm kind of, I can easily be convinced now that Quinn Hughes could be the next captain. Has it moved at all for you? Or are you still leaning PD?
1: i'm sold i'm sold on quinn let's go uh i the thing the canucks of the canucks pr really has done a very good job of pushing the quinn hughes narrative the last couple of weeks right for probably good reason right they've probably been given the directive like hey you know on the outside it probably looks like pd because no one really talks that much right Petey doesn't talk that much hughes did but like he's so quiet and reserved typically um, and they said, look, Quinn's probably going to be the captain next year. Let's push some content to put people into the Quinn Hughes camp off of the Elias Patterson camp, and it has worked, right? You look at you look at the video that Canucks posted of Hughes reading out the lineup before this game, the starting lineup. Every single comment is like, that's my captain. Let's go, <laughs> right? Like yeah, everyone is fully bought in because he's basically taken those reins, right? He has stepped up and and said, "Yep, this will be me. I will go address the fans. I will stand in front of the media for basically everything that we do." Um, you know, he's he's bought in. And I mean, is he the most skilled player on the team? I mean, he's number 2, right? So, you know, there's some, you know, most people don't care about it being the most skilled player, but you know, you want to have at least some skill on your uh, on your captain lead by example a bit. Um, yeah, I was always on the Peterson train because Hughes seemed quiet and reserved. But I mean, so is Peterson, right? Um, and if if Hughes wants that role, and the and internally he's much more vocal than he seems externally, I see no reason why he shouldn't have it.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. The, the fact that he unprovoked came out and made a statement prior to the Pride Night game, the fact that he's talked yesterday. And I, I've said this, and I, Parker, I should, you know, I try and say this without sounding disrespectful, but if, if all else being equals, they're both skilled players, they're both franchise players, they're both signed here long-term, imagine PD gets ascended. If everything was equal, I will take the guy, quite frankly, who who's a bit more articulate with, with the English language because it's his native-speaking language. Like, uh, th- I will. And uh, that's, that's why I think he was and PD would both be fine. But I think Hughes even seems a tiny bit more comfortable. PD will often cut his answers a tiny bit short or whatever. And, and maybe cause he's looking for the right phrasing and terminology or maybe he's simply not as comfortable. Hughes isn't the most dynamic, but I always think you're going to get a thoughtful answer from him. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, you really look back to remember,
1: um, that press conference with Besser and Hughes, yep. um, when Besser, you know, was tearing up, and and there was a question asked, and Hughes sort of just stepped in and said, "Next question, right?" I think that's what we're we don't see right much of, because it's on the you know it's sort of behind the scenes stuff like that. um Hughes has seemingly developed into
0: someone who is much more comfortable. Yeah, I, I'm I'm sold. You know, it's funny as I was making that um explanation or description of. Uh, native speaking, not making both really good. I, I kind of explain you and me and you being Hughes and me being, okay, anyway, that's just a thought I had. Okay, let's move on to one more thing. <laughs> one more thing as I stutter through all my questions. Actually, two more things still. Uh, before we get to the draft lottery and the, and the standings, do, are we in danger of PD not getting to 100 points or Kuzmenko not getting to 40 goals? I mean, there's always that danger, right?
1: I mean, what's, what's PD at? Is he at 99? He's at right 99, now?
0: but they're playing Anaheim in Arizona.
1: <laughs> it should be like they're like the power play is going to score two goals in the next two games. You'd think, right. Just law of averages. Um, PD has to get one point. He just has to, right? Like, that's just going to happen. Uh, and I think you could see him get to 40 goals, right? He's got 38. Uh, no I mean, reason why he doesn't get, uh, doesn't throw in more on there. You know, Kuzmenko is 38 as well. Um I think Pedersen's more likely to hit both of those totals um, yep. than Kuzmenko is. Um, he's a better player, to yep. be fair. Um, yeah, I mean, PD hits 100 points. I, I think that's. I think that's not even a question. Um, you know, we thought. Remember, we thought Hughes was going to get to 80. He does not have a point in five games. That's weirdly. Yeah, uh, it yeah. is weird, but he's still playing good hockey. Yes, uh,
0: nothing to worry about there. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. And then uh, Kaya says. <laughs> And it's an interesting point Kaya brings up in the chat. She goes, Petey might not want it in case he also might not want to stay. Cause I know you and I have talked about one carrot among many that you could lure him with is we'll make you captain. But me, I don't know if that's a, if that's a, a big enough carrot.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um Maybe doesn't you care, have in the I back, you, yeah, that's a thing though. Right. The captaincy doesn't stop you from leaving. Right. It, like if he, if two years from now he wants to leave and he's the captain, he can still leave, right? Yeah. It's, it's happened before. Uh, it's not super common, but you know, normally the captain's the best player on the team and best players on teams don't leave very often anyways, right? right? It's not cause they're the captain. It's because they're, they're good hockey players. Teams like to keep those. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm not too concerned about that. Um, obviously I'd, I'd be very sad if, if Lewis Patterson left uh, and I hope that doesn't happen, but I don't think that should have too much of an impact on the captaincy because I don't think PD would make that public, right? Like I don't think he'd be like, "Oh, no, no, no! I don't want that. Uh, I'm I'm actually out of here in two years, so you know, just give it to Quinn
0: at this point." I don't I don't see that being the case. That's fair. That's fair. And uh, last thing I want to talk about in, in in terms of big picture is with the Ottawa victory today. Was it today? Basically, the Canucks can finish no better. Then 22nd. 22nd is the magic number because that means you're 11 from the bottom. And as soon as you get to 21st overall or 12th from the bottom, you can't get first overall, even if you win the lottery because you can only move up at 10 spots. So the Canucks, good news, they cannot finish worse than 11th. Does this rekindle in you, Parker, hopes that we might actually win one of the two lotteries this year? Uh, yeah, and Fantilli is a very good consolation prize.
1: Yeah, uh, probably not. Uh, this is a big, a big loss, frankly, for the Canucks. So you, you look, you look at where they are. The Canucks can't get any lower in the standings, right? They, they're eight points up on Philly. That can't happen in two games. Okay. Uh, and now, yes, they're six points back on Ottawa, but they are at the uh, they're at the bottom of a fourteen clump, right? Um, they are tied with Washington, but have four less regulation wins. So if they tie Washington points, they're good. Okay. They are one point back of Detroit. They are two points back of st louis keep in mind all of these teams hold the tiebreaker over the canucks wins wise yeah because the canucks have won quite a bit in the extra frame and shootouts um so the canucks need to tie or do worse than ideally these three other teams um losing out guarantees the canucks basically 25th in the league and the eighth best odds in the draft lottery but winning one more game and like you said arizona and anaheim um, would, like if they had won this game, they would have leapfrogged Detroit, been tied with St. Louis, Yeah, right? They would have leapfrogged Washington and Detroit and been tied with St. Louis. They would have been 23rd. And then, you know, one point away of being 22nd, um, which takes you, you know, you know, much more out of it, right? Um, going from basically 6% odds at first overall to, um, 3%, right? Cuts your odds in half, uh, and also take the draft lottery odds out of entirely It just moves you from the eighth overall pick to the 11th overall pick, right? You just drop three spots. That is quite a bit of value, right? So you want the Canucks to lose the last two games and stay at 25th.
0: And it's kind of what we've been predicting all along. We were, I think we both were saying they're going to finish somewhere between eighth and 10th from the bottom. Now it could be eighth to 11th from the bottom, but right now they're eighth from the bottom. Like, as you said, in a really good spot and uh, it's unfortunate that we're not playing like Colorado and Vegas for our final two games of the season. <laughs> They'd probably find a way to win one of those anyways, <laughs> knowing them. Uh, before we get to viewer questions, Parker, so everyone in the chat, uh, so many of you in here, start getting your questions ready, whether they're, it's about the Horvat situation, whether it's about captaincy, whether it's about milestones, or whether it's about draft positioning, or anything else you want to ask Parker that we have them here. But one last question, uh, any other storylines for you parker that you're going to be tracking over the next the final two games of the season quite frankly
1: uh not really um you know you get the you get the the nice storylines, right the 100 points the 40 goals uh, and so on um but you know it's more playing time for guys like pdg maybe an opportunity to not play quinn hughes for 26 minutes in a game although that's probably wishful thinking um yeah, it's just it's extended training camp, right? You want to see some life, you want to see some losses. That's that's really all I'm all I'm focused on.
0: Yep. yep. We'll, it, it'll be good. It'll be a fascinating. And no rest for the wicked. They play in Arizona. Sorry, in Anaheim tomorrow. And I know that Kaya has that game over. And then we have um, Thursday, the season finale in Arizona. And all three of us, actually, Kaya, Sam, and I, will be part of that final stream of the year okay friends in the chat let's get going leave some questions now for parker and by extension for me but we have parker and his expert his expertise right now ask him anything you want uh canucks or hockey related and we'll do this for the last five or ten minutes and as you get your questions in the chat one last reminder for you to subscribe to this channel, SDPN, Steve Dangle Podcast Network. Like this video as well. We appreciate you taking the time. It was a late one. It was half an hour later. It's the latest game on the schedule for sure. And we are still here, basically going all the way until about 11 o'clock. Jaskaran asked this, will the Canucks move one of OEL or Myers?" And then independent of that, because I also think Garland could get moved, he said. So let's talk about that. A defenseman and or forward, what moves could you see happening? Yeah,
1: I don't see OEL getting moved. Um, I just I just think it's impossible. I, I think you'd have to give up so very much to move Ekman Larson that it's just not feasible. Um, Myers, more reasonable. Um, I think he's got, what, one year left on that? Uh, yes. On that? six million dollars that's more reasonable but again if i'm if i'm a team that's you know a contender that's still quite a bit of money to put in the books right six million dollars is a lot to fit in the offseason not impossible but i think you'd have a lot more luck around the trade deadline now if the canucks are in a playoff spot at the trade deadline maybe that doesn't happen but that contracts off the books after next year anyways Mm -hmm. um and then yeah garland is is sort of the One of the obvious ones, right? Uh, For the player that he was in Arizona and who we were so excited about, the only saving grace of that trade just hasn't panned out here. And just, it's, again, this is a big, I'm usually not big on the eye test because usually the eye test and analytics like to match up somewhere in the middle, right? Uh, I don't know what Garland's analytics are, but the eye test isn't good, right? Like it just never feels like Connor Garland is, is making an impact, right? Again, yeah, He's a 45 point player. Like that's fine. And his contract is probably not that much of a negative, but like, man, it doesn't, it just doesn't, it, yep. it doesn't inspire much in me. And if, if they move on for him again, the problem is I mean, what do you get? What do you get out of a Connor Garland trade? It's probably so, so amenable. you get 5 million off the books essentially, but you also lose a, a fifty-point player at the same time, so it's uh,
0: it's a tough one. And we've talked about uh, maybe the Canucks are looking at moving one, if not two, of Garland, Bessie, and Beauvillier because I don't want to say redundant. That's a little bit disrespectful, but they do similar things. I guess that's being redundant. A couple questions about jerseys. One of them, uh, given that the Canucks were wearing their their home their home black skate ones, is do you think the Canucks should do a white skate jersey?
1: Yeah, why not? Um, it was kind of fun tonight with the uh, the chrome buckets and the and the Canucks and the black skates. It was a pretty good jersey matchup. I do like those those white and silver Kings jerseys. They are great. They are. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I the NHL needs to just go all in on random jerseys, right? let teams wear you know their pride jerseys and all this other stuff during games right let them have let them let let them play with 12 jerseys during the season why not right the nba exactly the nba does it and it's sweet right there's going to be some misses but the canucks have been so so good with jerseys that you know like just have you know have 12 special nights a year and have them all with some fun jersey right um you know have the Black Lives Matter jersey be able to wear that on the ice right the Diwali Mm -hmm. jersey they're all they all look so good they would look so good on TV they look great on the ice um yeah it seems it's it's just a silly rule you know let let the teams have some fun let's have some crazy jerseys out there um and yeah have a white skate why not
0: I agree a quick question about uh Canucks prospect right hand D-man defenseman Philip Johansson I'm um, not sure if that's how you say it. A late round mm-hmm. pick from last year, I believe, or two years ago. They have high well, no, hopes he for him. was uh,
1: Philip Johansson was a first round pick in 2018. If I'm not oh, mistaken. Oh, for oh for Minnesota,
0: right? Uh, and then the Canucks uh got him. I think. Thank he, you. They didn't. They didn't uh, retain him in the Canucks. Thank him you him for him. that correction. um Apparently, Darth Nutella is saying his SHL season is done. Um, yep. Do we see him before the end of the season? There's only two more chances to do so, though.
1: No, uh, yeah. no, he'll definitely just come for training camp. Uh, I don't think the Canucks can can make that work. Um, I, I just I think it would just be silly. You know, you're you're you burn an ELC. you I, I don't even know how ELCs ELCs work when you're 23. Uh, you got to fly them all the way out here. There's again, like one of those games is tomorrow, yeah. right? So you would just be for the last game in Arizona. You really want to make your NHL debut in Mullet Arena? I don't know. Um, Yeah, no, you'll just see him in, you'll just see him in training camp um, next year and and maybe he competes for a spot.
0: Shout out to Rev Trev of Kempner Canucks, a brand new content creator. Always room for more of us. Thank you. And Kempner says this, do you think that it strategy of benching Kuzmenko works? Is that a good strategy going forward? What are your thoughts uh, on this specific occasion and the thoughts of benching overall? Still a viable kind of action.
1: Yeah. At this point in the year, you're not trying to win games. If you need to sit a guy for a period, you know, if you think it's for the best, I'm, I don't mind it. Um, Kuzmenko, is he great defensively? No. Does he have 38 goals this season? Yes. Right. He is a net positive when he's on the ice. However, would it be better if he was better defensively as well? Sure. Um, so if Rick Tockett thinks that it's best to send him a period, send him a message and say, "Hey, you know off season's coming right off season starts in a few days spend that off season working on your defensive game you know maybe you score only 30 goals next year but you're much better in your own end and you help the team win some more games um yeah i don't i don't mind it because it's not costing the canucks anything to do that um is it effective i don't know there's no like studies done on on how effective that can be um i'm sure he's frustrated about it kuzmenko um, I mean he went and scored that shootout goal, anyways, which was pretty sweet. Um, yeah, I, I don't really have a problem.
0: Sure. we talked, thank you for that. We talked about defensemen too. We've talked about OEL, we talked about Myers, we've talked about Hirose, we talked about McGord, we talked about Hughes, mentioned Bear. So, two more uh another question about defensemen. What are your predictions on, and this will be the last question? What are your predictions on the futures of UFA Kyle Burroughs? Do you like him as a seventh eighth guy as well? And what's your prediction for Jack Rathbone? Could we see him even more want to get moved because if he anticipates Hirose moving ahead of him on the depth chart? So two questions. One about Burroughs, one about Jack Rathbone.
1: Yeah, Kyle Burroughs was really good last year, really good three, you know, third line defenseman, and was totally fine this year as well. Again, I think if the Canucks are looking to be a contender, not a contender, but a playoff team next year, I don't know if Kyle Burroughs gets you there, right? And we saw that there wasn't really, you know, he, his name was brought up a little bit before the trade deadline, but obviously nothing came from that. Um, and wasn't there wasn't really much, you know, fanfare around Kyle Burroughs. Um, if the, yeah, if the Canucks are going to be a playoff team. I don't think he's really a, a big piece. Especially, you did just pick up Herose and McWard. McWard is, you know, young, right? He's seven years younger than Kyle Burrows. Herose mm-hmm. is, I mean, only three years younger than Kyle Burrows, but still, he's younger, right? um I think you know Kyle Burrows is is probably someone who can land a gig on a team like the Canucks, but not the Canucks, right? like in Arizona, right? Be a great fit there where he's not going to make much money so they don't have to pay anything. Um, and and he can and he can take a roster spot and maybe even get second line ice time over there. Um, but the Canucks just have so many guys, so many names that are the same, right? You know, you, okay, uh, Akito Hirose, Cole McWard, uh, Christian Wolainen, Guillaume Briesbois, right? Who's probably a little bit lower, but like they have so many, <laughs> they have so many people that are all, number seven defenseman essentially and you kind of know what kyle burrows is but maybe a Hero Ward mcward can be above that level yeah yeah
0: or no, philip ser- Johansson,
1: right to, yep. to sort of double back on where we were
0: good good yeah this became the the defenseman show and kaya says extend kyle as in how dare you not uh that is my boy kaya i thought luke was your boy how many how many boys do you have and they're all right shot defensemen so they're Parker- all
1: mediocre defensemen <laughs> That's mean, but like they're
0: fan favorites though,
1: right? Like they, they do their job. They do exactly what they were signed to do and they do it well. However, you can only have so many of them and you know, the Canucks need to get rid of, you know, they have a glut at that spot. Uh, They need some better ones ideally.
0: Yeah. And they got two more games to figure it all out. I can say that tomorrow will be the penultimate game of the season and as I mentioned, that one's in Anaheim. So expect Thatcher Demko in net. Not sure if Aiden McDonough gets in one more time before the season ends. He's the only other, actually a healthy body. The Canucks don't have any other extra defense in right now. And then they wind up the season on Thursday in Arizona, in the Mullet Arena, as Parker mentioned. So Parker, I'm going to let you uh, go. So you don't have to hang around for the, the, the windup of the show. But before you go, um, can you let everyone know once again where they can follow you?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, you can find me on YouTube, Parker's Pucks, Twitter, Parker's Pucks. Um, And then, of course, Clay and I do a show every Monday night, except this one uh, on the Canucks After Dark channel. Go check us out there. Uh, It's always a good time. Pretty similar to this. Um, uh, You know, hey, minimal tech issues tonight. Just a slight echo. Good job good job thank pretty you. good yes. That's, um, now I
0: get why they tell me to wear headphones okay
1: <laughs> so uh, but yeah no um, yeah go check out connects after dark it's a good time you can find it on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast um, but yeah thank you very much for having me
0: awesome and you guys if, if this is your first time seeing Parker uh, make sure you do follow him because you can see the guy good-looking guy smart guy knows his stats and he's he actually plays the game a good communicator so can't say enough good things about him and if those of you that are here because of Connects After Dark, welcome. There's more of this kind of thing uh, in all, across all seven Canadian cities. And uh, believe it or not, three of them are actually, or three or four of them, will actually be doing shows into, no, just three, into the postseason. Toronto, Edmonton, and Winnipeg, it looks like. And, that, that and not Vancouver. Calgary. Aud- yeah, no Calgary, unfortunately. Sorry, Audie and Peter. No Vancouver, no Ottawa, and no Montreal. Three out of seven ain't bad. So I'll wind up here. Parker, thanks again. I'll message you later. And thanks again for being with us tonight. Thank you. Have a good one. All right, you too. Take care. Bye. Okay, friends, that was Parker Hollowell, Parker's Pucks. And make sure you do follow him, Parker's Pucks, on YouTube and on Twitter. Uh, you can tell he's a, he knows his stuff. Great guy. And he's indeed uh, my running partner, usually on Monday nights, on our show called Canucks After Dark. So let's wrap this up now. Great chat tonight. Great. Uh, not a great game, but great interaction in the chat. And if you came over from Canucks After Dark, thank you. And if you're brand new to Parker, make sure you follow him. And for all of you loyal viewers of SDPN, appreciate you. And no joke, you will still be able to follow Toronto, Edmonton, and hopefully Winnipeg throughout the playoffs. Speaking of SDPN, tomorrow night, it's Vancouver, it's Anaheim, and it's Kaya back on the mic. And then Thursday night, it's all three of us for the finale when the Canucks take on the Arizona Cody. So once again, thanks for being here on your way out. Make sure you subscribe, make sure you like the video, visit our sponsor sports interaction, and you have Kaya tomorrow night after the Canucks game. We appreciate your time and your energy. So stay safe, stay healthy, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. And by the way, I think I'm done being a people-pleaser. I am absolutely done being a people-pleaser. I really hope you're all okay with that. Take care, and go Canucks go. Good night, everyone. Game over! Out of my sports direction, Sports Sportsbook.